We started with the top eight and then it was down to the final two. Zverev just takes his time, pulls at his shirt. Second serve on championship point. Zverev with the high ball toss, goes out wide, an ace! <laughs> a second serve ace! And now the smile on the face of Sasha Zverev! He has won his second year-ending title, and you have to say that over the course of the week, he has been the best player in Turin. Warm congratulations from Daniel Medvedev, who just wasn't quite there today. But you have to say, the better player won, and now he is smiling as if he has won the biggest prize in tennis. Sasha, huge congratulations. Given how well you served, given how well you moved, given the opponent, how close was that to the perfect match? You keep talking about the perfect match. I want this to... Yeah, I mean, it was, it was great. It was obviously... Look, I won the World Cup Finals. I mean, in the final against somebody I lost five times in a row, so I had to play one of my best matches. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy about that. I'm happy to go on holidays with this win now. <laughs> what are the emotions like then to win this for a second time, to share it with your brother Misha, who's here, and his family? Everybody's here except my dad, unfortunately. Um, but I hope my dad will be able to be back soon and uh, we can celebrate these wins together as a family again. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it is special and um, yeah, I'm, I'm super thrilled, super happy right now. Put this in the context of what's been a marvelous year with the Olympic gold medal and the two Masters 1000 titles and then to end it in tour terms like this. Yeah, look, uh, there's no better way to end the season than, than winning here. So um, I'm obviously incredibly happy. I'm, you know, I'm, but I'm also now very look, much looking forward to next year already. Uh, I just finished the match, I know, but um, we'll see what happens. Well done. Thank you. Congratulations to Alexander Zverev, the Olympic champion of 2021 and the NITO ATP finals champion for a second time, snapping a five-match losing streak against Daniel Medvedev. Their rivalry looks set to reach epic proportions in 2022. So much to look forward to still from these two players. They provided the main course, but as ever, it was the doubles that whetted the appetite. Six championship points, and these two can be a little bit more relaxed. They can swing out here. I'm sure Herbert not feeling the nerves too much. It's his second service point of this little rotation. Serves wide, is it an ace? It is an ace, it's an ace out wide from Pierre Huguerbert and the two Frenchmen. Well, you cannot wipe the smiles off their faces. It's a wonderful moment from the 39-year-old and the 30-year-old as they meet their opponents at the net. And there's a lot of respect between these four players, but it's the 2019 champions who become the first French pairing to win the NITO ATP Finals more than once. They cannot believe it. Mahou has dropped his racket. He's got his hands over his mouth. They're saluting the crowd. Herbert has just hit a ball into the stands. Their team are just enjoying the moment, as are they. Well, it's an amazing feeling uh, winning, winning here uh, for the second time. It's uh, just... Uh, Great feeling. I have no words. Uh, we, we lost against them in the round robin. They played an amazing match and today uh, we knew we had to play the best level and uh, I, think, uh, I think we played our best match of the week. So uh, it's an amazing thing to win twice this tournament. It's a great achievement for us.
Pierre, tell us the story of the match because you were the better team, it felt, but you couldn't quite get the break in the second set. So when it went to the tie break, what were you thinking? No, I mean, um, they were they were playing really well on, on, on our break point. We were, we were pushing, pushing hard the whole match and uh, they hold and they went to this tiebreaker and uh, for sure uh, there was a bit of stress, but uh, Nico with his first return just distressed me uh, on the first uh, on the first point of the tiebreaker and uh, I think, uh, yeah, uh, Nico did an amazing job today. We often talk about how he's 39 getting on 40, but in what ways is he getting better he's, with age? He's Benjamin Button, you know, he's going the other way. He's uh, He's just playing better and better and uh, it's just an honor for me to be on the court with him. Uh, share the, the, the court with him is, uh, is really a privilege. And Nicola, last one. You've won Roland Garros this year and now you've won the Nito ATP Finals for a second time. I mean, is this, is this the best year you've had? I don't know, it's tough to, uh, to compare the years, but winning the Grand Slam at home was really special and uh, finishing the season like this, it's, uh, it's a great achievement. I, uh, I hope uh, we're going to enjoy uh, a few more years together. Yeah, a few more years. That's a good thought to end it on. Congratulations. Thank well you. done, both. So Pierre-Hugues Herbert and the timeless Nicolas Mou striking gold with Alexander Zverev. And to look back on the finals and the event as a whole in Turin, our match commentators, Chris Bowers and Mars McLagan. Well, Miles, fascinating week. Sasha Zverev winning his second Neto ATP Finals title. How is that going to change the the landscape of the start of next year? I think he's gone to another level. The the confidence, the the way he played. I thought the draw was going to be tough for Djokovic because he was going to have to get through Zverev and then Medvedev. As it turns out, it was Zverev able to get through Djokovic and then Medvedev. I think uh, you know he's played, he's had a great year. Uh, particularly the back half of it, his his performance have been very good. It's been extremely tough to stop him. I think it's it's going to be extremely exciting because we've got uh, Djokovic in good form, showing a lot of hunger, still hunting those records. Medvedev with a slam, he knows he can do it. Zverev still to prove it at the very highest level, but he's got all the assets to do it. Djokovic will be 35 in May. He's rationing his tournaments. He's playing fewer events. He played 12 this year. Do you think that if he continues to ration that, he can still peak for the big ones? I think he needs to. He needs to save the energy. Uh, he's still getting plenty of matches, plenty of match wins. Um, he's such a quality player that he can maybe afford to come into some of these events a little undercooked and play his way into it. I mean, no one in the game's got more experience than, than him competing at the back end of that tournament. He knows exactly what it takes. And, you know, as I said, he's he's still hungry and, and looking for more. So uh, there is so much to look forward to. Not only those top guys, how many of the, the guys behind them are going to move and, and threaten them. It's really exciting times. So really, we've got three players at the top of the game at the end of the year. The, the two that dominated this year, Medvedev and Djokovic, and Zverev joining them. Sort of a bit the same in doubles, isn't it? We had um, uh, Mektic and Pavic, who were the year's top pair, but they didn't make it to the final of the uh, ATP finals. Instead, it was Ram and Salisbury who were the clear second best, and yet they were beaten by the third seeds, uh, Eber and Mau in the final. And it's interesting, they missed out on their big goal this year, Eber and Mau, which was to win an Olympic gold medal. They've won a career Grand Slam, they've won everything there is to win except the Olympics. And yet Mao is talking about staying on to the Paris Games of 2024, which, of course, are only two and a half years away, by which time he'll be 42. Winding the clock back, isn't he? Yes, it's, 
you're right to point out it's it's the the doubles draw almost that did mirror the singles with the the, the third uh, team coming through the the number one being beaten in the uh, in the final yeah th there's some some quality teams I think they they stood apart and uh, um, the French pair yes you'd imagine that hold on they've got to it's, it's been a, the one silver lining people don't have to wait that long for the Olympics to come around again and the chance to play in your in your home country of course Paris 2024 so um, you know Daniel he, he might be giving Daniel Nestor a call just to see how how, how to stay fit and young that much longer but you know they're, they're looking strong as is Djokovic you know we talk about um, we sort of forget a little bit the age because they're still looking young sprightly and healthy now the ATP executives have been saying for years that this is a tournament that doesn't need home uh, players in the field it's nice to have it when you've got it but it doesn't need it they enjoyed having Murray in London they had uh, Berrettini, who qualified for this. And then when he pulled out, we had the drama of would he or wouldn't he play a second match. We had Zinner, who ended up playing the uh, uh, arguably the best match of the week in what was supposed to be a dead rubber against Medvedev, but it was terrific tennis. Yeah, I think... I think he's right. It doesn't need it, but it always helps. I mean, any sporting event when you've got home interest, just the the, the interest from the locals, the, the, and especially you know we heard from the guys after the match, you know how the, the passionate the Italian fans are. That won't sort of really surprise anybody, but it, it certainly adds to it. So, um, you know, exciting times for Italians coming forward. I mean, they they might be thinking we can have two, three players in this. Musetti can maybe move on through Sinner. You, you'd expect would be a, a regular fixture for years, and. You yeah, a little bit of fortune. I mean, it was very sad scenes from Matteo Berrettini, wasn't he? Because he's uh, he, he's very popular. Um, you know that run at Wimbledon. Of course, he, he came right into the um, you know beyond the tennis world. I think there was notice because that was, of course, on a day when the the, the foot, big football final too. But yeah, I mean, the silver lining was that he was able to be replaced by a, a guy who I think is going to the very top. I think one day Yannick Sinner will be number one. So that is great for the event. How long that might be away, I'm I'm not too sure but um, yeah th there was a silver lining i think sinner will see these two matches that he had as a, mm. a very big investment for the future i'm sure he will be back in some shape or form at the uh, atp finals in future we had two replacements actually cameron norrie came in because of uh past sort of a good year for him but ended slightly sadly with his uh, elbow injury uh, norrie then takes the first set against casper rude rude readjusts comes back very well to win that one and ends up qualifying in his first appearance at the age of 22 for the semi-finals this has got to be a major step forward for him I think so um, you know I've, I've said frequently that he's surprised me and, and really impressed how quickly he was able to adjust to the, the hard courts and not only a hard court a quicker hard court here in Turin um, just a, a word on the alternate they both came in and, and, and performed didn't they they got off to, to good starts but you're right Rude was able to think on his feet he was able to, to stay calm as he was uh, you know in that match against Rublev it was um, you know wasn't looking too too good early on but then he he, he turned a 6-2 set around he, he he's thinking on his feet and that's what makes tennis special you know the, the the, the really greats can can adjust and, and you've got to over the, the course of a match so rude his game's improving uh, he, he's hungry he's he's learning quickly um, you know another player I think who's who's jumped a level certainly in recent times but maybe even this week as well we've talked about singles we've talked about doubles what about the event itself I mean after 12 successful years in London with a very distinctive look they they transferred that same look to the Pala Alpitor in Turin for me it worked 
A great event, yeah. Players very happy behind the scenes, and listen, they've, they've had experience running a tournament. I mean, we've got the, the 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 Rome event on the clay, so you know a lot of the same people would be brought in. In some ways, it's easier because you're dealing with just a just a handful of players as opposed to the the men and the women. It's a it's a very big field, and I think just the the adrenaline. We're never going to be short of good food in Italy, are they? So you've got that part covered. As long as you provide some practice courts and laundry and, and a quiet hotel room, and not too close to Novak. Djokovic because he he brought a saxophone although he didn't play it but yeah I mean I mean a great event the, the excitement and it's a tough call isn't it because you the success in London but it's a worldwide event and I agree with you know it was great for us wasn't it on, a, on our doorstep but it's a worldwide event we want kids all around the world to get a close-up view we want people um, we want it in different languages we want to display a, a phenomenal product as widely as we can well it was a knowledgeable crowd in a venue that was built for the Winter Olympics and it's great to see these Olympic venues with yeah. a legacy value and so the Pala Alpi Tour I think proved a very very good event it's going to be at least for the next four years in Turin and all of us who've been part of the event this week will be very grateful for that you're listening to the ATP Tennis Radio Podcast 2021 is the first time that the year-end finals have been hosted in Italy and on site in Turin was ATP Chairman Andrea Gaudenzi speaking with Barry Cowan We've been extremely satisfied of the year one kickoff. Obviously, the bar was very high. London has delivered an amazing event for the last 12 years in an amazing venue. But, you know, I've, been, I've received very positive feedback from everyone, including the players, families, their staff. They had a wonderful time here. The stadium is amazing. Also, the uh, show production on court, audio and everything. I think it's... It's, uh, there has been some difficulties, obviously also caused by the pandemic, but overall, considering all the challenges, I think it's a very good uh, year one. When you made the decision, the ATP, to move it from London, Sinner and Berrettini have really emerged. Was, was that luck or design? And also, what is the long-term strategy of the finals? Yeah, obviously, it's, it was impossible to foresee the fact that you have two Italians in the top eight. Italian tennis was very healthy at the time. I mean, these guys were already playing at a high level, but we could never imagine they both would get here, of course. So a little bit of luck, I would say. But, you know, we, we all need a bit of luck sometimes. In general, I think this event uh, is, should move around the world. It's the only event that we can use to cover certain markets. And doesn't necessarily need to move every five years. It can stay longer like we've done in London. But obviously the idea is to have it in major cities and, and move in markets where it's useful for our sport. Also considering the player flow, where they're coming from, where they're playing, etc., etc. So I think it's, it's, uh, we're going to have a very good time for the next few years in Italy and then we'll see what's next. And the preference of the surface has always been hard. Is that something that you, you see that that would be still the case? Yeah, look, I mean, it's, I like the concept I heard from someone of, of having a DP finance rolling for the four different surfaces of the Grand Slam, which is on paper a, a very interesting concept. The reality is that players are coming from the indoor season. So it would be very difficult to ask players to play Paris-Bercy on indoor hard and then move outdoor on clay or even indoor on clay or, or, or grass. I mean, it's, uh, it could be a very fancy concept of having a rolling rolling ATP finals on a different surfaces. You know, I'm sure uh, some players who prefer slower surfaces or grass would actually love that, but it's probably not achievable, realistically speaking, because we need to 
we need to provide continuity to the surface towards the end of the year. You mentioned the Grand Slams, you've got the ATP, you've got the WTA, you've also got the ITF, and, and when you came in, you, you mentioned about trying to everyone to work together. How's that going? I would say it's going well. I mean, definitely the pandemic has forced us to stay in touch more often via video calls, and we are all actually have been working very close. We had to, in a way, because we restructured the calendar in the last two years like we've never done in the past, moving Grand Slams, moving Masters. We moved Indian Wells from March to October. So that has forced a very close collaboration about, you know, together with WTA and the four Grand Slam, which is a positive. And we also took the opportunity to try and, and sit down and try to redesign a little bit how we govern the sport and how we operate and I think it's been a very productive conversation which will continue and hopefully and hopefully we'll have a positive outcome because we all, we all can benefit by working together and growing the sport. In terms of the pandemic you've touched on that and we've had a sort of pop-up ATP tournaments which have been a success do you think moving forward the, the, the chance to, to rejig the calendar? Yes I mean in the plan and that we have proposed to the ATP board is to strengthen the Master 1000 to follow a similar model than Miami and Indian Wells, which is a 12 days, 96 throw event. We certainly want to go in that direction. And, and that also, you know, entails, you know, redesigning a little bit the calendar around those tournaments. Is, is that all nine Masters? Um, some of them may not be able to due to infrastructure limitations. But we are still discussing that, but I would say most of them, probably not necessarily all of them. But I think the pop-out licenses were the one-off during the pandemic because we needed to place this tournament. We, we certainly want to give always the priority to our members and the licenses that they own. We don't plan in the future to, have, uh, to continue with pop-up licenses. And you mentioned a couple of weeks ago about the, the net zero by 2040. Is that also something that's in your back of your mind about maybe how you can, you can do that in, in the next 20 years' time of, of sticking to a certain continents for a period of time? Well, that's a difficult question. Obviously, it is, we, we need to discuss and look into that, but the, nature, the global nature of our sport makes it very difficult to avoid travel, obviously. Can we optimize? Can we do better? I think... 100% for sure, and we are committed to. But, you know, achieving the, you know, having a global sport and not moving to different locations is almost unthinkable. Another Italian was also delighted to have fans back and watching. Paolo Lorenzi called an end to his career this year and, along with a number of other recently retired players, had the chance to say goodbye to his fans on home soil as part of proceedings. It was special. I finished my last match without people, so I really missed it. And do it in Turin, the ceremony is something that I will remember. And I'm really happy. All the people, all the fans, we are in Italy, so it was really special. You were someone who played with so much passion. So how hard was it for you, sort of the last year and a half, as you were getting towards the end of your career, to play in front of no no fans? Uh, I think this was almost... The part is why I stopped to play right now because I was missing too much. Uh, the people really helped me during my career. Like you say, I have a lot of passion. I like to fight until the end. And uh, I think that uh, all the people that was appreciate that. And uh, it's a good memory for me. Now you had a wonderful career. What, what would be the highlights for you? Would it be the title that you won? Would it be your run at the US Open? Maybe those, but also something else? 
Yeah, this was one of the best special moments. I think we can put three, the title in Kitzbühel, the fourth round in New York, and the first time that I play here in Turin, my first match of Davis Cup. So I think, like you know, for a tennis player, these are some special moments, title, Grand Slam, Davis Cup, and this is what I will remember most. And in an individual sport as it is tennis, how nice is it for, for you to be a part of that team? was great uh, it's really tough for, for a tennis player we always ask we are traveling alone just with the coach and uh, in that week and uh, you are like part of a family and all the people that are cheering you you can play at home at that time I was playing here in Turin so I think it's it's something that I will miss a lot you, you are a big success story because a lot of players certainly here in Turin they break through at 20 21 22 but for you you had to do it the hard way you played 421 challenger matches only one other player played more you won 21 titles only two other players won more titles on the, on the challenger circuit so you've done it the hard way haven't you yeah it was the hard way I become uh, top hander when I was 27, 28, and uh, yeah, I don't know how how you feel to be there <laughs> when you are. Did, did you have doubts along the way that you wouldn't crack the top hundred? Uh, that was my big problem. That I have no doubt. I was still thinking to be top hander and why not top 50. Maybe this is, was the key of my career, but I was a little bit unconscious because uh, it's really tough to, when you are 26, just thinking, okay, one day I will be top hundred because my best ranking was like 190, 200 but uh, I worked really hard and uh, I was lucky there are a lot of players in the tour they, they have never been they never played the big tournaments and uh, I think that uh, it's, it's a dream come true 33 in the world in 2017 that's an incredible effort what, what sort of advice would you give to any youngsters who are looking to, to make it on the professional stage uh, first uh, I would like to tell them uh, don't think too much about the, the young tournaments. I had a lot of them that are thinking that are really important. I can tell them that when I was under 14, I lost six love, six love in the Italian championship. So that doesn't change me. And they have, they have to try until the end. No doubts and just believe in, the, in themselves. Do you remember what your reaction was when you lost six love, six love? Uh, I, I was just going... I was, uh, the day after, I was just when practicing again and try to be the tennis player I was trying to be of course like everyone number one in the world and uh, that's that's just part of the journey that's a wonderful attitude to have this week you've been working on the TV for Sky Sport how have you enjoyed that and and what have you thought of the, the action so far uh, I really enjoy also because this is a great tournament uh, and uh, doesn't matter if it was in London or now in Italy it's just the best eight players in the world I think they, they are playing amazing uh, we are lucky that we had Berrettini he got injured but uh, I think he, he will be here next year and now we have Sinner but then you can see Djokovic, Zverev, Medvedev the level of the tennis now is so high and uh, I just hope that they will continue to play for another 15, 20 years just finally, Paolo, we've lost you to the game, but we haven't lost you to the sport, so you're involved in TV. What else are you doing in tennis? Uh, first of all, I have to thank Sky Italy because uh, I'm really enjoying to be here. Uh, I will work a little bit with the Italian Federation. I'm trying to help the over 18 players to become professional because I had a lot of problems and uh, I'm just trying to, to stay in the sport. This sport is my life and I, I hope to be there for the next years. You're still smiling, 
continue to smile and, and hopefully, and I think if we do see you back on the tour as a coach, they'll be better for it. Uh, I hope so. Uh, uh, I didn't try yet, so maybe I will be good, maybe not, but I just hope to, to enjoy that like I was enjoying tennis on court. Paolo Lorenzi speaking there with Barry Cowan. And next week we will have a podcast special focusing on tennis in Italy. While Lorenzi was celebrating the end of his career in Turin, another player was just starting out. This year's junior Wimbledon champion, American Samir Banerjee, was invited to the finals as a hitting partner for the world's finest. It's been amazing. I mean, I didn't, I didn't think this opportunity was uh, would have been possible. And uh, I know it's hitting with pros. I mean, it's and not just any pros. These are the top guys in the world. It's a really competitive tournament. I think the whole experience is is just an awesome, awesome opportunity. And uh, no, the practices are great. Well, it's come about. You're still a junior, but it's come about, no doubt, because you are the junior Wimbledon champion. You, you won the boys' single. So describe the feelings that you had of winning the title. And I presume you played on court one, did you, in the final? Yeah, no, court one in the, in the semis and finals. It was... Uh, it was it was a pretty whirlwind two weeks. I mean, I came in pretty low expectations. I was I don't know like 19 or 20 in the world. Definitely not a not a favorite. The lead up tournament, Roehampton. It was it was a good tournament. I mean, I made finals of doubles, lost second round of singles, first tournament on grass. Definitely didn't have any expectations for Wimbledon, and then just came in really liked the courts, played probably the best tennis I've ever played, and uh, won the title. So I think after that, my life was. It's a big, big change. A lot of, lot of different opportunities. It's like this one, and getting to play more pro tournaments, getting more exposure. I think it's, I think it's awesome, and uh, getting to see how these guys, like the top guys in the world, kind of train and play. I mean, it's, it's, it's a great experience. I was reading some comments that, that you made actually after Wimbledon. You said, "Whenever I come in with low expectations, I often do my best." So, so is that something that? you hope that you can really learn from and maybe you've been able to to ask a few of the top guys that you've been practicing with in Turin how they deal with certain pressures yeah no I've been talking I talked to Medvedev in the locker room after I just kind of asked him about his kind of his rise through through the rankings and he said like it's 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 either you're you're really consistent you're one of the you're one of the guys just consistently putting in results every week or you're you're uh, you're losing first round, first round, and then you win once. So it's uh, I think what I kind of did was I was I was doing okay. Like I lost first round at French, like second round Roehampton, and then I won once. So I think that's kind of what I was doing. I wouldn't say I'm like the most consistent, but now I'm trying to be more consistent with my results. And uh, no, I mean it's 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 awesome just getting to talk to these guys. Like how I mean you just there I put them up on pedestals and now I'm I'm able to talk to them and kind of learn from them. So it's it's really cool. Who have you hit with here in Turin? Hit with Medvedev, Sinner, Tsitsipas, Rude, Rublev. Uh, I'm hitting with Djokovic tomorrow. Uh, I think it's it's been it's been awesome. I mean I didn't think I'd get to hit with any of these guys, let alone all of them. So it's. Uh, it's really cool, really cool. Do you, do you have an idol? Because most of the time when you go to a player's bio, they, they, they list their idol. And generally, most junior players, it's Nadal yeah. or Federer. Who's yours? I mean, throughout, just throughout uh, my junior career, I've always, I've always looked up to, to Djokovic. I just love how he, he competes. I love how his game is. I think he's just the most complete player. And just his mental toughness, because in most of these finals, most of these matches, 
the crowd it really isn't with him especially when he's playing Federer or Nadal or a home favorite so I mean just how he deals with the pressure deals with the adversity and just wins I mean I think that's uh it's it's really it's really good and and also uh, I really like Medvedev recently recently I've gone and I've watched a lot of his matches and I love his game and personality as well so yeah those are probably the two guys I I look up to the most Practicing with Medvedev, and so often we talk about one of the biggest strengths is how strengths that he has is is reading the game, and, and he always seems to be in the right position. Was was that something that you could see at close hand? Yeah, no, I mean he's 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 a really good. He, his practices are very you know very low key. takes takes breaks after a lot, like definitely doesn't stretch himself out too much, which is which is really good because I mean when he gets on court, he's he's one hundred percent fit. But I think. He has a more like unorthodox game, but it just it works really well. I mean, he hits the ball so deep, so so much power. I think his greatest strength is is how well he reads the reads the court, reads the game. He knows almost where the other guy's hitting most of the time. He's always able to get there, and I mean, he can just hit some crazy shots from some crazy positions. So it's 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 great to see and great to great to hit with him. I mean, it's it's a once in a lifetime experience for sure. We're gonna play quiz time. So, so it's not, nothing to be fearful about. But I'm going to ask you different questions about who you, the players you've hit with, what you think is the best shot. So, so we'll start with, of course, we have to start with a serve, the most important shot in tennis. So which is the best serve so far? I'd have to give it to Medvedev. I mean, he, he can hit his spots, and he's obviously he's tall. He, he, he aced me a bunch of times, so I'd give it to Medvedev. Okay, so tick to the, the second seed. Now the forehand. I saw you practicing with Casper Ruud a little earlier on. His forehand, my goodness me, it is huge. What about the forehand? Jeez, oh, that's tough because I also practiced with Rublev and he was just crushing it. I think I'd give it to Casper to just because I think Rublev r- hits it a bit harder, but Casper's placement on the forehand is just like he can hit the corners without like repeat on repeat. So I think uh, I'd give it to Casper Ruud. <laughs> and you said Casper Ruud. In terms of the, the, it's not the pace... Does it have a lot of spin? Because there's a lot of talk about Kasparu potentially next year that he could be a real threat to win the French Open. How much yeah. spin does it have on his shots? There's so much whip on it, and not just uh, not just location, but it, when it, when it bounces, it just jumps, so it gets you off the court. And obviously, he can he can rip it too. He can uh, it's, he's, he can do so much with his forehand. I think that's it's one of the mo- one of the best shots here. Yeah. So it's one to Medvedev. It's one to Rue. Now the backhand. Unfortunately, you haven't hit with Djokovic yet, so so well maybe you could just give it to Djokovic yeah. anyway. Well, what about the backhand? I'd probably give it to Djokovic <laughs> anyway. So, Medvedev has a really good backhand. I think it, he he hits the down the line backhand very well. Um, even uh, even Tsitsipas, his his one handed backhand is very good. Um, but yeah, of who I've hit with Medvedev, but I'd, I'd probably say Djokovic. You've got a good serve, but what about the returns? Who who seems to be clocking your serve and it coming back with interest? Uh, Sinner, Sinner had a really good return. I was, uh, I was serving first serves to him, and he was just, he was just cracking them. I mean, Medvedev also has a very good return. I think Sinner just, at least the day I practiced with him, he was just ripping them into the corners. So I mean, I, I'd give that to Sinner. We'll, we'll combine the, dro- the the slice and the drop shot feel in one category. So who would you give that to? 
I mean, Medvedev hits the most drop shots in practice. He's, he's getting a lot of praise from you. He's really good with that. I mean, his uh, his volleys are his volleys are good, but I'd say his touch, his feel, his drop shots, very, very, very impressive. He hits them a lot in practice. I can, like when we're done with a rally, and I mean, he hits uh, he hits very good, very good drop shots. Volleys. Well, Tsitsipas. Tsitsipas has really good volleys. I mean, it's part of his game. He comes to net a lot, and uh, I think I think I'd give volleys to Tsitsipas. So off the top of my head, I think we've got another couple of categories to go to. First of all, movement. Who, who, not just the speed, but the balance, the, 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 the player you found hardest to sort of knock off balance. I'd say Mavidev again. I mean, he's just, uh, obviously he's very long and he, he can take one or two steps and he can get to one side of the court from the middle. So I think he, he just covers the court so well as well and, and his anticipation is great. So, I mean, I'd, I'd give it to him. And something actually, I'll ask the question bef- about you in terms of the locker room before I ask you about the players, but do you find there's a big difference being around these guys, the top guys, in terms of their presence, in terms of their demeanour, as opposed to when you walk into a junior locker room? And, and if there is a difference, what type of difference? Could you put your finger on it? No, I mean, junior locker room, everyone, I think it's, it's a little less professional. I mean, we're all, like, I, I experienced a lot of it at the junior slams. I mean, everyone, it's, it's a lot more friendly. I mean, not, not friendly, not the right word, but everyone's, it's a little more jovial. I mean, here, everyone... Not, not playing for as much. No, definitely, it's not, it's not your living, so obviously it's, it's just, you're just playing. I mean, but, uh, but here, yeah, it's very professional. Everyone's with their teams, everyone's with their... Their physio, everyone's getting ready, warming up. I mean, obviously, people talk to each other, but it's a very more, it's a lot, it's a lot more professional. And I think it's, it kind of shows me what kind of, what life is kind of like on tour. And I think it's, it's a step you have to make. I'm just in maturity and, and in game wise. So I think it's, it's really cool to see how, how these guys kind of carry themselves off the court as well as on the court. Well, he's given a lot of ticks to Medvedev. So who gets the tick in terms of sort of the body language, the demeanor, the presence? Uh, has to be Djokovic. I mean, he's just off the court, on the court, everywhere. He's just, you, you know, when he walks into a room, he's, he's very confident and just through his warm-ups, through everything he does, meditation, yoga, everything, I think it's just like all, just like I said, he has the most all-around game and I think that's why just off court, he's, he's like mentally, I think he's just very, very focused, even on tennis when he's, when he's off court. Fascinating insight and what an experience for an 18-year-old. Look out for the name in the future, Samir Banerjee. So that's about it for this week and the NITO ATP Finals also marks the end of five years of the live ATP Tennis Radio channel. We'll now be focusing on the podcast and bringing you even more in-depth interviews and features. To all of our many live listeners, thank you for joining us every step of the way for your support and also for your many messages. To cap things off, here's a selection of our favourite moments since we came on air back in 2017. We like these, we hope you will too. Thanks for listening, keep enjoying the tennis and we'll see you same time, same place for another podcast next week. Russia Vasla now. Again to Piers, and Piers hits a really good return, but a very good volley from Meltzer, but the backhand's dropped in from Penis, um, from Michael Venus. How did John Piers make that? And that was very good from 
Michael Venus and John Pierce. Two more set points. Roger Vasselin serves into the flat. Yeah, and a good play from Jürgen Meltzer. They did so well, they saved the match point. And they go to a match tiebreak. 7 6, they take it. That was the serve he wanted. Just needed a touch higher to avoid the net. Takes a couple of boys' balls. That sounded <laughs> very dubious. <laughs> yeah, we should make a couple of phone calls here. And he was in control the whole time. The serve and volley again here. He goes low this time, drop volley. Nishikori gets there. Oh, he played it straight at Federer. Oh, no. No, no, no. You do not do that to Roger Federer. I don't care who you are. Sandy. No, it's Sang. 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 Again, it's, you don't have to ask where that came from. S A N G. Sang. Forty love. Sang. Do you have a nickname on tour on court? Are you? No, just no. loose. <laughs> but <laughs> linked to my name, I hope. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Not massively into social media, but I'm, my eye's been caught by a tweet from Stefanos Tsitsipas. It's a black and white photograph of a few objects of his, I think on his bed, with the phrase, minimalism is about intentionality, not deprivation. What are the objects? Disgust. 400 return, I'll tell you in a second. 400 from Shapovalov, he's gone long, just a little over eager. Come on, give me the objects, Chris. Well, Come on, it's only the third game. His, his laptop is there. Uh, there's a, an old single-lens reflex camera. There's a wristwatch. And there's, I think, a uh, power pack. Is that a drone? Or maybe... <laughs> so everyone is predicting Federer will still be strutting his stuff in 2021. But there is a struff, strutting his stuff no, no. right... Oh, <laughs> got it wrong. <laughs> I was trying a minute and no, I got no. groans from the producer. just went, oh, yeah, messed that up. You got you? too cocky, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I was a bit like Sitsipas at the start of this set. <laughs> I thought I'd done the job. But uh, anyway. I remember when I was playing, I, I cut out cheese. That was hard. Like cheese. And it's Sitsipas who's now strutting his stuff. As opposed to Struff strutting his tough stuff. <laughs> well, you got that wrong. We were trying to work out that, but uh, anyway, well done, Barry. Top work. So your routine was just walk on court, have a few, hit a few balls. I mean, I would kind of jog a little bit, just, <laughs> <laughs> just to get the body a little bit warm. Bit of table but... tennis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to start competition again, Pete. Jill is Jill is an incredible table tennis player. If anyone. <laughs> If anyone wants to, not only is she a great tennis player, great table tennis, but puts you in a cage mentally because it just doesn't look like she's moving. You can, you're, you're there sweating away, it's all moving, about mind games. and just, just seems to just arm comes out, redirects the ball, and I'm, you know, yeah. But I yeah, can see defeated me. I'm still about... frustrated. It was, it was a close battle. I think you won five games to three or something. I don't and think so you I feel got like three just games. I just didn't think I got used to your the technique of. And you just won't. putting all my effort in and, and just seeing, <laughs> still being moved around on the court or the table, I should I, say. I, I have to say, I'm enjoying that this has affected you so much. It has. It stayed with me. I don't, I'm ever going to, until we go back to it, it it's, it's never going to be put away from my, my, my mind. Well, the, there it's are. Still predominantly dominated by Djokovic, isn't it? Yes. Now, our Aussie friend, Peter Mercado, has gone number one pick, Anderson. He's looking to 
separate himself from the field. Well, yeah, he's going to separate himself one way or another. Yeah, well, he normally does. That's very true. But it's passable to play. And they're just going to see if it passes. The problem is, well, we've talked about my wind that we can hear. Um, but, <laughs> but it's how quickly <laughs> my wind can blow your rain. <laughs> it's sort of what we're dealing with, <laughs> Barry. <laughs> can I just say they're still playing? She's under the table because she's dropped her pen, not because of any other reason. Straight sets defeat from being a break-up in the first set to Marton Fucevic. And Gilles Simon has just come through in straight sets as the rave music is playing oh, yeah. behind me. Wow. Come on. Luca Puy. Yeah. Sadly for Luca Puy, he'll now have to wait and see what Yannick Noah decides ahead of that Davis Cup final. And Dami Juma slightly distracted by... What's happening with this music? Why, why, are, the lights, <laughs> why are the lights changing in the commentary box? This, this music There's a strobe is going a on. Bit much this music for my results and Stefanos sits about still got doubles to play and then Mila, I'm too old for this music still to come next up on course hey Chris Central. isn't he's dancing around out there <laughs> look at him go Milos Raonic against Joe Wilfred Songa and your night session to mark your card not before 7:30 p.m. local time want a drink from the bar Hank Heavens there's only two matches left Jao Sosa against Novak Djokovic not for 8:30 p.m. Marin Cilic against <laughs> what on earth is this music? Please restore some sanity. You're Build listening the sprinkler? to. I'll do the sprinkler. You know what? I think you're Woo. listening to ATP. Yeah. <laughs> Stay with us. Plenty more to come. And enough of this music here from Paris. <laughs> Took it just over the net, but Rafa had no problem. Hatchinov wasn't even in the same zip code as Nadal. Post Say zip code in the US yeah. postcode. Postcode, yeah. For your lot. <laughs> that serve comes out. I'm not sure why it's called the hot. Dog. I have no idea either. I've never heard that before. Well, the tween, it's a the tweener, tweener, obviously. You the know. tweener, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know why. Hot dog. I can't think what, you know, because you get the sausage in between <laughs> the, the bap. That's not the bap, the baguette. Yeah, Got it. that's probably why. We won't that go too much more sense. into depth. We yes. need to, uh, th this is a conversation that I don't want to meander air, too far. Probably. Yes. <laughs> Just wanted you to enjoy a little bit more. If the, I feel like the music's calming down a bit. No, we're, we're just going up again. You. Come on. Look at you bopping your head away. This is. Where for the, the DJ, you're going to you drop another, drop the beat at some stage here. Drop the beat at some stage. You sound like a dad trying to be cool. <laughs> so the rave music continues. The matches will continue. I need to leave the commentary box and restore some of my own sanity. So Chris Barrett is going to be raving with Peter Mercato very shortly. In the meantime, Seb, help. My children's dentist doesn't know anything about dentistry. Oh, no, that's a bit harsh. Now, I'm sure your children's dentist isn't listening, but did she or he say drop shot Kokushian? That's lovely. Here comes Goffin. He manages to get to it. Lob goes up. Goffin's not the tallest. Gets a racket to it. Doesn't keep mm. it in. And it's love 15. The one thing as I know is my dentist did not, did not no. say drop shot Kokushian. <laughs> <laughs> And the 5,000 capacity court here with the very traditional looking grandstand end where there's a row of executive boxes and there are a couple of tiers as well. It towers over the rest of the stadium like a, like a tower. Djokovic has to bend to the forehand, goes deep to the backhand, which is sliced back by Evans. Evans again slicing it to the backhand of Djokovic. Trading cross-court blows here, slice backhand from Evans. Voice is gone. Glad it's not. <coughs> it's an amazing point. So deep. 
Djokovic is playing every single ground stroke here and Evans is just bunting the ball back, just using that slice really effectively to change the trajectories of the ball. But Djokovic is almost off balance on the baseline, but he comes into the net and it's a massive oh. pass shot, massive. Thank you, Claire, I can leave now. <laughs> I love listening to Eminem, GZ, Jay-Z, these guys. So, you know, I really, I really look up to them. Today, he'd actually pre-written a piece following a win dedicated to his California fans, saying how happy he was with the win, and I'm in California. I thought I was going to break into a rap then. <laughs> <laughs> close. That would have been that so... That was quite close. That would have been brilliant. <laughs> that would have been so awful. But I think the, you know, the, the just... Hey, the... Tom. We need to ask them to stop for the camera. The camera is moving during the point. All right, Carlos, I'll get on to you, but my name's not Tom. Take his place in the second round. We, Naomi and I, we're going to get our drawers out, I think. That sounds slightly odd. <laughs> Mild in terms of, of the wind. Uh, these last, last few days. Was... Well, apologies there, but uh, just uh, gremlins in the works there. Not quite <laughs> sure, but I, I'm sure it was going to be... I'll tell you what, I'll do it doing... <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I thought I really played very well. Uh, <laughs> I like the way I battled back from 50 and 40 in the opening set. It's a very bad Croatian accent, but you see what I'm saying. So I think I've just caught a quick for it. Um, I was really impressed the way I dug deep there, and then I kept him in there, kept him uh, under control. Uh, that's a pretty good effort. We've ticked it? a few of the cliche homages yeah, yeah, there, haven't we? I yeah. think. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably all we need. That's a succinct summary, I think, Rupert. Well, uh, and I'm looking forward to my next match. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, Building okay. confidence. Yeah, and all that. I'm building confidence, and I don't mind who I play. <laughs> uh, okay, is that about it? Is that my, I my I think no, I, I the last one. No, I do because me. because bang. no, it does yeah. bang because I no, I, I like because you can whip it, you can whip a forehand. Yeah, you can have a rocket of a shot. You yep. can have a thunderbolt of a forehand or a serve. Boom, boom, power is yeah. all the power. And if we get baby in the box, well, you've got to bang it in the box. Yep. For a serve, I guess, haven't you? <laughs> I've lost the producer. <laughs> and I've lost Jill at this point. From a fairly innocent comment about Jill, surely you will, if you, if you can speak, you will agree with me that you have to hit your serve into the service box. Yes. This is, uh, what sort of television program would accompany this sort of music, do you think? Uh, a detective series. Still a detective yeah, series? Yeah, 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 definitely a detective like series. Like a sort of modern detective series that's kind of set in 1987. Well, it's that mixture of sort of a rather sinister beat, but with a, you know, quite quite a easygoing brass melody. A little bit of what's going to happen next. A little bit of what's going to happen next, and uh, there's a guy in, a, in a, uh, a trench coat standing on the side of the... Um, you know, at the side of the bar. But he's really cool. He's got that cool... He looks cool, look. but he's, he's watching people. Yeah. And uh, any minute now something's going to happen and he's going to spot it. And he'll clock it and he'll, he won't be able to jump in now, but that'll happen right at the end of the One episode. Minutes. I'm taking that coin home. She has her memento. We have our players. It's a final match. It's Stan Vavrinka, Roger Federer for a 25th time coming up after the break with Stud McLaggen. I would like to use the official names of the blower. They are here in Miami. They are high output blowers as the official. Is that a step down from your maximum output? 
it feels it's a maximum output blower feels like that's just the real deal i think high output seems a little bit if i had a choice between the two i'm going maximum output rather than high yeah would you not you want your blower to be maximum it's rather a bit than like high? We're, you know, we're talking about travel in business class and first class yeah i think it's i think our, our cincinnati i've just been reminded we're family maximum blowers <laughs> look someone said do you want a maximum blower <laughs> 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 or a high one. What are you going for? Oh, when you put it like that. <laughs> Sold. <laughs> Sold to McLaggen. <laughs> Shall we? Well, we've got a little bit of time. <laughs> As the blow <laughs> continues. <laughs> Look back. I've gone mad. It's the rain. Thunderstorms can make people go crazy. <laughs> Should we look back on today? Google Home and Amazon Echo. And we're fueled up. I wonder which one of these two is going to be fueled up to get through to the... Zero well, that was a good start, wasn't it? Yeah. I put there's so many headphones in here. You know, thank you very much, Joe. He's just putting me away after a long day. I've gone away for a quiet comfort break, and then I pick up the wrong microphone. But hey, hope we're ready to uh, see the conclusion. A little bit of confusion. All change: tennis balls and rackets. See who play. I didn't realise how well you you speak the French language, Pete. Un. Civil play. <laughs> it's incredible. Derrière. Souffle. Central. Central. Well, Balneuve for. Oh, uh, stop. Say <laughs> about wine. My elbow. Oh, it's a little dicky ball from Moffy. Oh, this one comes off the net from Elbow. Moffy's almost thought he had a chance. The pass went straight through him, but he took off anyway. It's love 15. Love <laughs> 15. He didn't want to challenge that. <laughs> what a win from Jordan Thompson. He comes through against Cameron Norrie, and then a straight sex set sets victory over Cameron <laughs> Oh, I got what you meant. Yeah. <laughs>